Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you once again. It's just a privilege to come here and hear your word, Lord. Bless Kahu to speak the word that you've given to him with clarity, Lord, and compassion. Help it to sink into our hearts, Lord. Help it to change our life. Lord, we pray for those that uh, aren't here, from our family, from our church, from the body, Lord. We just pray that you speak to them in a way that they they feel a need for you, for more and more of you, Lord. Let that be the desire of all our hearts, Lord, to seek you, not only here at church, but throughout the day. Help us to call on you whenever we need you, Lord. Help us to call on you just to, just to talk, just to have communion with you, Lord Jesus. We thank you and praise you, and we do all this in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. Bear with me on this uh, microphone. I am uh, trying to get that established, for the, especially for the, uh, make sure I know how to use it when we do the bandstand. So we'll go from there. Um, God shares with me uh, something that is powerful, that is changing in our environment, uh, in our society, with people. You know, and how they view Christians. And we're going to see things that are different that we haven't seen before. And this is why the message, I believe so strongly, why God gave it to me. You know, you remember when we were kids and somebody did something wrong. There's about five, six different kids. And everybody would point the finger to each other. Including the, the kid that maybe done the wrong. They'd be all pointing, no, he did it, no, he did it, he did it, he did it. And this message is kind of like that. You see, they're starting to get fingers being pointed. And sad to hear that sometimes it can also be Christians that are pointing a figure at other Christians. Tonight's message, I have, um, we have talked about for, I guess, for the last several weeks, maybe a couple of months now, to identify false teaching, false prophets. To realize the things that your spirit doesn't drive with you. There's something seems unbalanced and uncomfortable. That's for a reason. That's your spirit telling you that. But tonight's message, we're going to flip that coin. We're not going to talk about the person that might be the false prophet or the false teaching. We're going to talk about the person identifying the false prophet. The person that is identifying the false teaching. You see, if you're not in the right place, you're not going to be able to see that anyway. If you're not in the right place with God, and you're not, you yourself are not right with God, you're not going to see false teaching. But you see, the things that are changing in our society today is those people that are not in the right place, yet they're believers in God, and they're pointing the fingers to men and women powerful by God, being led by God. 
And I prayed about that when God shared with me on this message. And, and this is what he had shared with me. Sometimes when we first accept Christ, we're in a spiritual part of our growth that we are being nutrient by milk, spiritual milk. In other words, our teaching is on salvation, on the foundation. The foundation of how to build on your foundation of your salvation in Christ. Some people cannot get past that stage. So when they cannot get past that stage, they're going to talk about the guys that are past that stage. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. What is that spiritual thing? What are they talking about with all these things that are spiritual? They don't understand the spiritual thing. We're going to research and we're going to study the scriptures that even a believer sometimes gets deceived. And this is part of his block why he doesn't spiritually grow. But it's a preparation for the person when you are actually the one that you can you identify. Is when you start to recognize somebody that maybe this is out of place a little. Maybe something he's saying is a little uncomfortable. What I'm going to teach you tonight, which God shared with me, is first, listen carefully now, first, check yourself. Where are you with God? I'll title tonight's message is, where are you at? Where are you at on your spiritual growth? Especially when you're identifying one spirit. If you're going to identify somebody maybe in false teaching, you better make sure that your spirit is in the right place because it might be the wrong spirit giving you the bad feeling. You see, if I am filled and I'm not filled with the spirit of God and I'm part of the world, what does the world want? Nothing to do with God, correct? That's what we learn. So if it wants nothing to do with God, if somebody is preaching the word of God the way God intended it and they are being led by the worldly man, that worldly man will have an uncomfortable feeling. This is why it's so important to identify your spirit before you poke the finger at somebody else. Our first scripture for tonight is found in Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I have sin in my life, you're not listening to God. Is that clear? Clear message. If I have cherished with sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. We shared with you guys this a lot of times with the Father. The Father and the Son is two total different gods. You have the Father, God the Father. Jesus, the Son of God. You have to understand their roles in our walk with God. Jesus removes our sin. He is able to listen to us, identify our sins, and help us to get through it. Why does He want us to get rid of our sins? Because the Father cannot tolerate it. The Father wants nothing to do with sin. He's not going to listen to you. This is why we always, when we pray, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I come before you with a clean heart through the blood of Jesus Christ. You become acceptable and you're heard by God. But if you have sin in your life, be not mistaken. If you have sin in your life, 
he will not hear you, the Father. We go to our next scripture found in John chapter 8, verse 47. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. This falls in the same concept of sin. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. We have to realize that sin is a big portion of our life. The reason why I bringing this out in our life, because we all sin. We're nobody here that is righteous. Only Christ is righteous. We fall short of God's glory all the time. This is why we always have to examine, recognize, and identify our life. This is why this message is so vital and important, especially in our times right now. That we identify this. Why? Because we might be pointing the finger at the wrong people. Like I said, if you're right in the spirit, you will identify things that are wrong in your spirit. But you see, people point fingers sometimes and they think that they're righteous. And we're going to find out tonight, even in the scriptures, that that, that happens and it's wrong in God's eyes. God teaches us how to examine that part of our life. How to recognize and identify where you at. And this is why God has been moving us so much in the levels of knowing where you at. Also to identify where the level people are at. We all have come across people that, that point fingers at certain people. You know, especially family members and other people. And I'm not saying that people are pointing a finger at our church, but I wouldn't be surprised anyway if they were. But, but God is telling me this is going to happen. But we have seen people in our life that they said, Oh, you listen to that guy on the radio station? Or oh, you listen to that guy on the TV station? They're hypocrites. They're false teaching. They're false prophets. They're led by the devil. Two things I want you to understand. Like I said, it's not only looking at the minister. Yeah, It's not only look at where the source is coming from. And tonight we're going to even get deep on that. When we recognizing the person that is pointing the finger, where are they in Christ? We, I'm telling you, examine yourself, but when it's not you, examine them. Where they at Christ? If this guy has nothing but problems and he's grumbling all the time and he doesn't have the fruits of the Spirit, is he a reliable source on that information? Ask yourself that. If this guy is not following the ways of God and the fruits of the Spirit is not in him and not manifested in his everyday life, is his words any value to you who believe? You have to understand, no, it is not. If you're going to have rely on and listening to somebody, make sure you look at that person and know that he is filled with the Spirit. That he has been guided by God. And not only just by what he's saying, but how his action is in his life. If this guy is falling apart, his family is falling apart, I guarantee you that is not a good resource. 
It's so valuable to understand that. It is so crucial because even God says for us who minister, us who preach the word of God, if your house is not in order, do not preach. How can you? How can you keep the church's house in order? If you can't even do your own. So look at the source where it's coming from. Turn it down. Oh, just move back a little. Yeah. Is that better? But look where it's coming from. And identify that. Yeah? No, I was just going to say you could, you could turn it more. Turn it more. You push it forward. Yeah. That way you don't have to. Okay. okay. <laughs> Critics, where is it coming from? No, no, no. Okay, but it's important to know that, and we get deeper into the scripture. Jesus wants us to identify the people, the sources, and the teaching, and the teacher. It's important. We've been talking all of this time about the teacher, the prophet, the minister, the evangelist, the missionary. That's the guy we've been focused on for watching for false teaching. But I'm telling you, also look at the source when somebody's telling you that. Even including yourself. Are you right with God to make that kind of call? Or do you have problems in your life? You might be letting the wrong spirit tell you the wrong thing. We go to the next scripture found in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there was a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ who believe in Christ. That guy on the radio station, that guy on the TV station, that minister across the street, several ministers across the street, that church down the road, if they believe in Christ, they are a brother and sister in Christ. Before you cast judgment on them, like I said, make sure you check yourself first. It is important. Why God tells us that is because if you check yourself, you might find that you're not that right with God yourself. But it's more important to identify if you're not right with God yourself, don't say anything. Like I said, you can't identify the spirit. We already identified God doesn't listen to you if he has sin in your life. Your worldly man is also being led by a spirit. You guys know who that spirit is, right? Mm -hmm. Satan. So if your worldly man is in charge of your life when you are taking something out of your brother's eye, the spirit that is telling you to take that out of your brother's eye ain't God. Because you're not right with God. It's the wrong spirit telling you that. This is why he says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Why do you look at sin? Or you calling him a false prophet, false teaching? The guy's wrong. His way of life is wrong. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to what? Not a speck of sawdust. God refers to it. This is Jesus himself speaking. But you got a plank in your own. If you're familiar with carpentry work, you cut a piece of plank. There's a bunch of sawdust that falls to the ground. It's just a little tiny speck. But the board that you cut is a big piece of wood. Jesus is saying, that guy might have a little sin that you're claiming he has, and you have big issues in your own life. In other words, he's saying, you have no justification to be talking, to be correcting, to be rebuking. No justification. You're not right with God yourself. He said, let me take the speck out of your eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. He's talking about a Christian. Christ is not talking about a non-believer. He's telling the Christian, you're a hypocrite. You're trying to cast out another person's problems when you have yourself have problems. But how do we do this if the person... Maybe you feeling is wrong in the God, God's eyes. Make yourself right first. Make yourself right and understand when you're right, then you can justify to talk. This is what the next verse says. It says, first take the plank out of your own eye. First make right with God yourself. Make sure your house is clean before you try to clean somebody else's house. Don't talk about the other guy's house being messy when you yourself live in a messy house. But if you do clean your house, you do make right with God, you are guided by what? The right spirit. Because when your spiritual man is in charge, yeah, you start to identify the spiritual things that are of God. But when your worldly man is in charge, you identify the worldly things, not the godly things. Because you're led by the wrong spirit. But when you make yourself right, take the plank out of your own eyes, and then you will see clearly. What is Jesus saying? He's saying when you had sin in your life, when you had that plank in your life, you weren't seeing clearly. How can you judge? How can you say somebody is not right when you yourself are not right? But he says, make sure you're right first and then you will start to see clearly. You will start to see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. It's almost guaranteed in this scripture that when you take the plank out of your eye, you start to recognize that your brother all along never even had a speck. You're being led by the wrong spirit. We know 
when we're right in the spirit, we can identify the things that are good and right with the spirit. We go to our next scripture, which is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 3. A thing to identify in your spiritual walk. If somebody is a babes in Christ, he's referred to, he's drinking milk. He's not mature yet. He's not able, in other words, to take on the mature things of God. When you take on the mature things of God, when you are a babes in Christ, guess what happens? You choke. You have problems. So what I am saying tonight, what God is prompting me to let you know, if a babe in Christ is trying to critique a person that is eating meat, you have to understand, he has no knowledge of that. He cannot understand that. He cannot understand these things because he's still learning how to build his foundation. He cannot be eating meat. He's going to choke. Paul describes it as clear as it can be. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to born-again Christians. He's talking about babes in Christ. These are his brothers and sisters he's referring to. He's saying, you cannot, because you who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, you see, you never learn the concept of this. Our, our existence is not to stay in our salvation. Our, our goal is to grow in Christ, to understand the mysteries and unlock the doors. And the only way that we receive these things is through mature levels of Christ. And Paul is going to explain it in more detail of what they're talking about. That you can identify two different types of Christians. The young Christian and the mature Christian. What is the difference? One eats meat, one eats drinks milk. One understands more deeper spiritual things. The other one is still basing everything on the foundation of his salvation. God doesn't want us to just stop at our salvation. He wants to unlock doors and mysteries to us so that we would understand our spiritual being. He would understand that we are spiritual beings having human experience, not human beings having spiritual experience. Sometimes as a newborn babe, you're still stuck in the concept of a human being having spiritual experience. Don't let a babe in Christ that you know is stuck on salvation try to teach you things of the spiritual world. They're not going to get it. This is why a lot of times when we go to two different ministries, when I go down to the bandstand, it's not the same message you have here. You have a message of mature spiritual teaching. When we're at the bandstand, it's building your foundation, finding your foundation, finding salvation.
he says to the Christian people that are babes in Christ, you're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Are you not acting like your worldly side of you before you accepted Christ? You see, when you grow in the spiritual sense, you start to release the things of God, I mean of the world, and replace it with the things of God. This is why you understand the levels of the 50%, the 75%, the 100%. I give 100% to God. This is why you see a lot of babes in Christ. They're not able to give 100%. Why? They're still holding on to worldly values. We go to the next scripture found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 to 7. We have read this scripture so many times. Yeah? This should be a good scripture for you always in your spiritual man, your spiritual woman. God wants you always to examine yourself. You see, especially if you're going to correct somebody, you need to examine yourself first. You need to make sure that you don't have a plank in your eye. You got to make sure that there's no sin in your life. You got to make sure that you're right. You say, Father, release me of all my sin. Cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. Make me right with you. Then ask yourself, when you are right with God and you feel that you have set that free, then then you can ask yourself, Lord, now let me recognize this spirit. Is this of you or is it not? Then you will start to see it clearly, whether it's from God or not from God. Where that brother or sister that might have that little speck of sawdust in the eye, is it, does he have a speck? Or is it just maybe a sense of your jealousy? Or you seeing him doing something different than you are? Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. You remember what I said to use with faith. Work with faith. What other word to use? Your spiritual man. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the spiritual man. In the spiritual woman, is that the person that is in charge? Or is it the worldly man that is in charge? Examine yourself to see if that's true. See where you're at. Do you not realize that Jesus is in you? In other words, don't you realize that your spiritual man is supposed to be in charge? That he is supposed to be the dominant spirit in your life? Is he not the one that is supposed to be leading? For God says that we must worship in truth and in spirit. We need to make sure that our spiritual man is running the show in our life. Not a worldly man. Unless, of course, you fail the test. Unless you realize that it is your worldly man that is leading you. And if it is your worldly man, you have no authorization or no input to try to correct somebody. Especially when he's talking about God. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah? My brothers and sisters. Be very careful. Examine yourself. Do it all the time. 
And I trust you will discover that you have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Again, don't let sin come in your life. Are we perfect? No. Will sin come in our life? Yes. Get rid of it. Get rid of the plank. Get rid of the sawdust. Get rid of sin that enters your life. But so that people will see that we have stood the test. But so that you will do what is right even though we may seem to have failed. That people will see that we have stood the test. People will see if you're going to point the finger, you're filled with the Spirit. Behind you follows the fruits of the Spirit. Doesn't follow behind you chaos. When God started sharing with me this message tonight, He started sharing me something that a friend, a Christian brother, had sent to show me how that was. A Christian brother it was criticizing people on TV. And I noticed it was on a Facebook thing, and I was helping Kim after God has given him a message to help her with her new Facebook post, which is called From the Soles of My Rubber Boots. A testimonial ministry that she's been blessed. But that's not what she what the person was saying. He was talking about one of the persons that I admire. I don't listen to her all the time. But he was talking about Joyce Myers and something she said. And I realized something. I said, Lord, why does he not see this? His comment he made and the comment that Joyce Myers made, Joyce Myers said it correctly. Then he reminded me he is stuck in spiritual milk. And he's criticizing spiritually filled people, men and women of God. He's calling them false prophets and false teaching. What does he know? He knows salvation. Does he know about the mysteries and the doors to unlock? Does he know about the spiritual man? No, he doesn't. I start reading his posts after that. I read about 10 posts of him. And I start to read. The guy is only complaining and arguing. Then God gives me a vision of the last time I seen him. His life is miserable. He's having problems in his life. So is his words have any value? No. But what is he doing? He's posting these things on the webpage for other weak Christians seeing these things and going to believe. He has a plank in his eyes. And when he realized, when he removed it, the person doesn't even have a speck in theirs. I'm not saying we're all perfect, especially ministers. We all fall short of God's glory. Even Kahu. I fall short. But I do one thing that God has always taught me as long as when I started getting close to God. Identify and recognize everything in your life. Identify and recognize everything that comes out of your mouth. Identify and recognize every action that you do. And say, is that of me? Is that of God? Or is that of the world? The worldly man. But so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. But not so that people will see that we have stood the test. Make sure people see 
your spiritual gifts. Let them see the God person in you. Especially when you're trying to correct. I would not want somebody to correct me and the guy is having all kinds of problems in his life. It would tell me I, they have no value. But if a good spiritual being, a good strong man, a good woman that is led by God, that shows the fruits of the Spirit, I will look at that and I will consider it and I will, I will do what the Bible says. I will examine my own life. I will say, am I right, Lord? Was what I said right? Was it wrong? And if it was wrong, I will be the man of God to stand up and say, you guys, I was wrong at what I said. Because I don't want to be held accountable for teaching you the wrong things. You understand? This is how important. This is why God says, I, I, Christ says, I don't want everybody to be pastors, be ministers, teachers. Because why? They held at a higher accountability. You're going to have to answer for everything you say and do. You see, it's not just our words that is our ministry. It is our actions of our life. You see, you have to see the fruits of the spirits in Kahu. If you don't see the fruits in a, of Kahu, and there's only what I'm saying, then you need to question Kahu. Because they both have to work together. They both have to work together. You have to see the gifts of God in me. And my actions, not just my words. And likewise with yourself, especially if you're trying to correct or teach. We go to our next scripture found in Galatians 5, 22, verses 26 to 26. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying of each other. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And self-control. This is one of the tools I use even for myself. You see, when I examine myself, like the scripture, and Kao does that all the time, I look, is these the fruits of the Spirit that is in me? Am I filled with love? Am I filled with joy? Am I filled with peace and forbearance? Am I filled with kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? And not only do I feel, if I feel that am I filled with this, but is that feeling of that spirit so outwardly that others are able to see it as well? Question yourself that. If you're the guy that is grumbling all the time, you got to understand you're minus one fruit of the spirit. One apple had fallen off the tree. Examine your life to replace it and make sure that you have all the spirits, all the fruits of the spirit. The fruits are something that is manifested in the way that you are. You see, a tree grows and it doesn't just bear fruits right away. It grows into maturity and then produces fruits. You see where I am at? 
If you're growing in maturity in your salvation state, you're only having a tree that is growing. This is why Paul says, he said, this is why you're spiritual male. Are you not still worldly? Why? They're not bearing fruits yet. They're still worldly. They're still grumbling and complaining and pointing fingers. But when you start to get mature, you start to produce fruits of the Spirit. It manifests in the way that you love God. When you give 100% of God, you start to produce fruits of God. All of them. All of them. You see, we have one, one fruit salad on our tree. We are not just filled, and it doesn't say that if we are filled with the fruits of the Spirit, that He said, and the fruits of the Spirit is love. That's it. Are you only filled with one fruit? Fruit? Is there only love in you? What about the rest of them? What about the apples and the oranges and the grapes? Where's that in your life? You need to be filled with all of the fruits of the Spirit. Examining your life will find that you do that all the time. You'll find to place yourself in more of a restriction of knowing, no, no, I, I, I'm of love. I'm not going to hate that person. I don't care what he did. I'm not going to hate him. I'm going to love him. Why? Because I'm filled with that spirit. That's my spiritual man. The worldly man might be filled with hate, but he's not in charge. My spiritual man is in charge. Against such thing, there is no law. Against the things that are of God, there is no law. You see, there are the Ten Commandments. These were the law. The law was to identify sin in your life. That's what the law was created for. They thought they were so righteous. You think you're so righteous? I will show you how righteous you are. I will, I will bring you laws to let you know what is sin. And you'll find out you're not that righteous at all. And they found out, guess what? They wasn't righteous at all. Against these things of the fruits of the spirits, there is no law. There's no sin in it. It's all good. God is good. His fruits are good. No bad. No bad. Those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. You see, in order to produce the fruits, you got to make sure that your worldly man is not in charge. Because what he produces is passions and desires of the flesh. And you see that in brothers and sisters in Christ. One minute you look at it and say, wow, this brother is really awesome. I love being around this brother. And then all of a sudden you might be on a ride with him. And you guys are going to Waikoloa. And you guys are going to have a beautiful lunch buffet. And a guy sticks his finger at him while he's passing by the road. And he starts chasing him down. He jumps out of his car and beats him up. Is that fruits of the Spirit? No. Who was he being led by? His worldly man. His worldly man. And then he comes in a car and he's going to start telling you why he beat that guy up. He's going to justify that. He has no justification. He has no justification. He has no love. He has no peace. He has no forbearance. He has no patience. All of his fruits of the Spirit went out the window. 
Do you really want to listen to whatever he has to say at that point? This is why it says, be caution on the people who try to correct believers of God. A look at them as well. Are there fruits there? Or are there bad fruits? Since we live by the Spirit, since our spirit man and our spirit woman is in charge of our life, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us stay focused. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us continue to do the things that are of God. Let us grow within the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. You don't want to see a Christian that would come up to you and says, you know, I envy Kao, I should be up there preaching. Or I, I should be the worship leader. I should be the worship team guy singing. Why doesn't the Kao tell me? Is that God's spirit? No, it's not. We're all being called according to our purpose. We all have ministries. We're not supposed to envy anyone. Is it envy sometimes that maybe that, that guy is talking about another preacher? Let me tell you something that I've learned a long time ago. My mom used to tell me when I was a little kid, if you have nothing good to say about anyone, don't say nothing at all. So in other words, if you are to be teaching and rebuke and correct somebody, make sure that you are right with God. Make sure that you yourself don't have a plank in your eyes. Examine your life. How hard is that? Just stop. Stop whatever you're doing and just say, Lord, is everything running good in my life? Well, wait a minute, I just had a fight with my wife while before I came to church. You know, you might be looking and says, whoa, man, did I, did I ask God forgiveness for that? Did you bring that to church? If you brought that to church, then you'd be still like that. You see what I'm saying? These are examples. Because I noticed the only married couple here is Daisy and John. So I wasn't talking about them. <laughs> you know? But do you examine yourself? Do you bring that to church? If you bring that to church, what happens? You're not in the right spirit to receive. So if God is moving and the Holy Spirit is moving and He's going to flood these things, you've got a cover over your cup and the water is splashing and your cup is not getting filled. The only way you're going to get filled is you remove the cover. The only way you're going to get filled is you remove sin in your life. You take that out and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Fill my cup, Lord. Let it overflow. Examine. This is why I say examine your life. Make sure you're always right with God, especially if you're going to correct and teach somebody something else. Be careful. It, it's just a matter, if you're going to tell somebody, you feel that, they, that, that this guy maybe is doing something wrong, how hard is it to wait a few moments and ask God, Lord, am I right? Is my heart good? Is there sin in my life? Is there something wrong in my life that may be blocking this? If there is, Lord, remove this from me. And only after it is removed, you will be able to see clearly. I didn't say you could be able to correct. I said only then you'll be able to see clearly. 
Is it of God or is it not? Where you at? Identify our spirits. We go to our next scripture found in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 to 5. An Oreo cookie. <laughs> I tell you, this growing bond is kind of a weird, weird thing. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live in, live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the love of Christ. If anyone thinks there's something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. This is one of the best scriptures of correction on somebody that you need to correct. And I'm sorry, I don't know about that old thing because I still at 28. John is older than me. <laughs> no, that of course is not true. I want to make sure that I continue this message and there is sin in my life. <laughs> no, I'm older than John. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. The best way to correct somebody Listen to the words. This is not Kaul's words. This is the word of our Lord. This is God's words. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, if somebody is wrong, if you can see somebody that is not right, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person greatly. You that is right with the Spirit, you that are being walking in the Spirit, you without sin, you go be the one who will identify that. Yeah? If you're thinking about this as well, maybe this is wrong. Do you not recognize that maybe in the church there are people being led by the Spirit? Are they feeling the same thing? If they're not, maybe you better check your own life. Maybe they're talking about you instead. Brothers and sisters, if somebody is caught in a sin... You who lives by the Spirit. You who has the fruits of the Spirit. You that are saved and is walking an upright life. You that is walking and the fruits are manifested. And that the world can see the goodness of God within you. You the one that people can look at and say, That man, that woman is filled with the Spirit of God. Let that person be the one to correct. But even that person who correct, he can also fall short. Listen to what it says. He says, this is the way that we should correct them, first of all. He said, you should restore that person gently. You ever seen somebody correcting somebody and they're pointing a finger like this? And they're going to, you, you wrong, you wrong. Do you not see the speck in that person's eyes? If he's pointing a finger and he's grumbling and he's going, you wrong, you wrong. Is that gentle? 
No. Is that a fruit of the Spirit? No. Is he being disobedient to God? Yes. Then that is a bad person that should be correcting. Because my Lord and Savior said, if you're going to correct, correct gently. You see, if I find, like, like maybe Carmen has something wrong in her life. I'm going to examine myself. These are examples. Now, I'm not saying these are things, real. But if Carmen had something that I noticed that may be wrong in life, you need to first check yourself. Am I walking in the Spirit? Am I good? Am I good with God? Now, I'm good with God, and I realize, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good with God. I examine my life. I prayed. I want right with God, and I still see that. So I go up to Carmen, and what do I do? I pull on a sign. I don't go right in the middle of church. Hey, Carmen. You know that you're doing that, that's wrong. Is that gentle itself again? No. Gentle is also a word for compassion. I'm not trying to make Carmen look bad if she's doing something wrong. I go pull her on the side. And I say, hey, Carmen, this, this is what I'm feeling prompt by the Spirit. I said, you need to, you know, uh, you know, whatever. You know, to correct her. And I say, let us pray together. Let's pray together, and if you feel this, I can help you with it. This is what the Bible says about that. You see, us who correct, we also held at a higher accountability. Because why? The devil is after us now. He's not happy you're trying to correct somebody that he's working with. You ever try to get somebody that is working on a computer... And then let's say Maka and my and Kim are working on a computer and Maka is teaching Kim how to do the computer. Yeah? And then I go over there in the middle of the two guys and I said, No, 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 Maka, that's wrong. This is the way you do it. Will Maka get frustrated? She'll get frustrated, irritated, and probably get mad at me. Right? Satan is no different. If I'm trying to take away something he is trying to corrupt, he's gonna be mad. He's gonna get me mad at the guy who's trying to correct him. This is what happens. He said, but watch yourself. You who corrected, watch yourself. Or you may be tempted yourself. You might end up falling short of God's glory. Because guess what? I might say, Carm, you know, that, uh, you know, you got to do this and everything. And Carm all of a sudden blows up. I said, hey, you don't know what you're talking about and everything. And I said, hey, no, you're like me, huh? Now, I did wrong. You see what I'm saying? Watch yourself because Satan is like a roaring lion looking to see who he can devour. When you try to correct something, the devil, the lion, is going to start roaring at you. He's going to try to bite your fingers for getting in his fight. Watch yourself carefully. Watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. See, this is important. If she has the problem, I'm going to feel like I have the problem so I can correct her gently. You know, Carmen, I used to be like this. I had that same problem. You see, I carry her burden by using this example. You don't make yourself that, oh, I am so holy that you have to listen to me. But I go down to that level. I say, Carmen, I make mistakes too. And I fall short. But sometimes I don't see it. I share with you. Take it how you feel. How you sense it. How you feel it. Go with that. 
carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Don't make yourself higher than a person when you're trying to correct them. You see, when I'm trying to correct somebody, I'm going to take off the cow hat and put on the brother hat. I expect you, for when you're correcting me, that you're going to put on the sister hat, the brother hat. Not something that is higher. You see where I'm at? Carry each other's burden. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Don't think that you are more powerful and mighty than everybody else. You're not. Only one person is. That's Jesus Christ. And the person that you're talking to has the same power as you. He has the same Christ as you. Each one, again, should test their own actions. Am I doing the right thing with God? Am I being obedient myself? Then they can take pride in themselves alone. Then you can say, I'm good. I'm good with God. Without comparing themselves to someone else. I'm good with God, but John isn't. So I'm not going to get John to do it. That's, you don't want to compare yourself. Oh, do I have to be like Kahu? Or do I have to be like Brother John? So that before I can remove the speck out of somebody's eye? No. That's not what he said. He just said, make sure that you don't have a speck in your eye. And make sure you're right with God. Examine your own life first. For each one should carry their own load. Carry our own problems. Make sure that we clean our own self first. Make sure we're right with God first. We'll go to our next scripture found in Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. I guess it's good for the rain. Yes. That's the rebuke one? The rebuke yeah, correct and then you take it to another person with you and then take it go to the elder of the church. Yeah. That is also the scripture. Good it's scripture. like church discipline. Now it should be yeah. Yeah. But for individuals, sometimes it's you know, just, just, that's exactly it's a good reference. Yeah. One of the reasons I believe God never put that scripture in there was is to focus on our individual self and where you're at. Yeah. But thank you, John. That's a good scripture. Yeah. Um, did we do Thessalonian area? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Uh, I'll repeat it after you. And we also thank God continually because because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accept it not as human word, but it is actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. If somebody is preaching the word of God, 
and they don't deviate from the words itself. Make up, in other words, make up their own interpretation. If it is in sync with your spirit and you realize that their definition, because a lot of times you can read and have a definition, and we all have a different definition. This is how God works. Because we all spiritually grow at different times. It's the same scripture. Have you ever read the same scripture and sometimes you go, wow, it means more this time? Does that make it that you never that you interpreted it wrong the first time? No, it doesn't. It means you're spiritually grown in a different time, and God reveals Himself differently through His Word of God. But when somebody totally takes it out of context, then you can question yourself, but first examine yourself to see if your spirit disagrees. But you have to make sure you're right first. But be very careful when they're talking about the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's not their words. This is not Kahu's word. I didn't put all of these words together and tell Carmen to burn them out. This is his words, not mine. This is his message, not mine. I'm only a messenger. I hear what he says and I tell you what he says. I don't want to say anything on my own. Like I said, I'm bad in everything. Bad in English, bad in Hawaiian. One, I'll butcher the words all the time. Let God, let it be, it, you understand that as we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, when you receive these scriptures, which you heard from me, it comes from God. You accept it not as human words, not as Kahu's words, but actually as it is. The Word of God. Which indeed is at work in you who believe. Let me ask you a question. This is to prove a point. The scriptures that we're reading tonight and what Kahu is trying to tell you, this message where you're at examining yourself before you can examine everybody else. Everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. What we're saying? Is it clear? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Everybody? That's your spirit telling you this. It's your spirit telling you and confirming the words of God. You, you following where I'm at? This is why that you have to understand when the words are spoken. And we. this is why a lot of churches, you see some guys, they said, they said, and we also thank God continue because when you receive the word of God which you heard from us you accept it not as human word but as it actually is the word of God and you hear somebody says amen what they're doing is their spirit is agreeing with you not that I'm saying I want everybody to start saying amen everything I say I'm not telling you that but I'm saying but these are the actions that come from your spirit because isn't your spirit inside of you telling, amen, anyway? You're going, amen, oh, amen. You might not have seen something. You said, wow, I see that now. Amen. I can see that. I can see where God is moving in that direction. I can see a door opening. Amen. It's spiritual awareness. But as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe, your spirit. 
We walk in the Spirit. We talk in the Spirit. We hear in the Spirit. We feel in the Spirit. We respond in the Spirit. We identify and we recognize in the Spirit. We go to the next scripture found in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 and 6. 2 through 6. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There in one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I'm going to share you guys a story. I was not always spiritually filled. <laughs> we all feel that, huh? You see, when I was in my salvation stage, I stayed there a very long time. You hear what I'm saying? I was in a spiritual stage. I stayed there a very long time. I read the Bible all the time. But I could not go further than my spiritual journey. One, nobody was teaching me. I had a lot of cows, but they continued teaching about salvation. Every service would go, they talked about salvation. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's good. Build your foundation. But we got to grow further than that. I never had that kind of teaching, that, that deep insight on things. This is what happened. And you might agree with this. And that might be you yourself. My brothers and me were growing up in the same Christian foundation. You know that we argued all the time? About everything about God. We talked about God and we argued and grumbled about everything. We disagreed, we agreed. Even we would disagree just even if we agreed. You ever been there? That's, that's newborn babes grumbling. Little sibling. When you look at your kids, right? When they're at this young age, you know they, you notice they fight when you get close. Um, like I know um, uh, with, with John, them, the kids are a little bit different, but I know maybe John's other kids was close in age. They fight a lot. Michaela and brother fight like cats and dogs, even though they love each other. They grumble about everything. Even when they know they're wrong, they still grumble. Yeah? This is the same thing in your spiritual world. When you're babes in Christ, you grew with a lot of babes in Christ, you start grumbling about everything. You gotta understand the stage people are in, it plays a vital importance in your Christian walk. Because you cannot rely on them for you to grow with them. You need spiritual guidance from somebody that is mature, that's learning things. If you want to go further than drinking milk, if you want to go further than your salvation and your foundation, and you want to unlock spiritual doors, you need to go to somebody that's there. Don't go to somebody that is still in the salvation state and say, well, I think that it's supposed to be like this. I think it's supposed to be like this, and I think it's supposed to be like that. You're not going to get the right answers. But when you are in the stage of maturity and you're trying to correct somebody, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit to the bond of peace. Us that are mature, that we recognize sometimes, this is one thing that I've grown tremendously in that I recognize. You see, I still get the same brothers. My mom never traded them in. She kept them. 
So I still get these brothers and sisters, and even when they went, they stayed in that maturity, that 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 babes in Christ stages. When I decided to mature, they still wanted to complain and argue about godly things. I would go to some place and they said, "Oh, what do you think about God?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I already know what they're gonna say." And I would start to say what I say, and I would say what God wants me to say, and they would say, "Well, I think this," and I said, "Well, really, brother, I don't really care what you think. You pray about it." You see, I know, but I'm going to tell them gently. I'm not going to just tell them, no, I know more than you do, brother. You shut up. That's not gentle. That's not humble. But I say, you know, you pray about that. I'm not going to stay in there and get in an argument. Why? Because God said, make sure the spirit is a spirit of bond of peace. If you know that there's going to be frustration in them arguing to the point, don't argue back. Did you state your point? Did you give them what God said to give them? If you did, back off now. Let the Spirit do His work. Not you. You see, we try to come along and say, Oh, I can help God in this. Let me tell him. I'm going to shove it down that guy's throat. You're not going to get no results. And you're going to find that even with other ministers. You're going to find that you who are more mature, you should be able to see that maybe even that minister is still stuck on salvation. You notice always the guys who complain about spiritual gifts is the guys who don't have it. You don't see the guys who have it complaining. You see the guys who don't have it complaining. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. Why is that? Because I don't have it. If, if they have it, I should have it. Really? Does not the Bible say that, God, the, that the Holy Spirit gives it according to our faith and in different times of our levels? He gives it when we feel that He needs to give it to us. So why do you think that you're supposed to know everything? Are you better than everybody else? It's always the guys who complaining don't have it and don't understand it. Say what's on the mind. Say what God tells you. Leave it in peace, not in arguments. I had to learn this. It's hard. Because you're always thinking you need to back up God. God doesn't need backing. He's created the universe. He doesn't need your backing. He just needs you to be a messenger. He's the message. this to your brother. No, I'm telling this to anybody, anybody that's arguing, trying to argue with me. You know? And I just tell them, you're not going to, I'm not going to argue with you because 
It's a waste of time and energy, and I've got more important things to do. And that was that. And I've always felt that way. And it is the Word of God. Yeah. And it is the Word of God. Yeah. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit to the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you are called to one hope, you were called one Lord. 20,000 fates. One faith. Yeah, one faith. One baptism. Even though some people might think there's two. One God and Father of all, and who is over all, through all, and in all. You got to understand, us who believe, is the same guys who believe down the road. The same guys across the street. If they love Jesus Christ and accepts them in his heart, they are saved. And makes him Lord of their life. They're saved. Is that a brother and sister in Christ if they do that? Yes. Do they have the same father you have? Yes. Why do they act different? Why do people act different? Why do Christians act different? And I pray to God you're not acting different. You should be able to walk in any church and if somebody was to say something, why are you here at this church? You could just say, is this not my father's house? Do you have a different father? I've come to hear my father. You should be able to feel comfortable in any church that preaches the word of God, that is considered a brother and sister in Christ. You should be able to walk in and have good fellowship. Why? Because it's one faith. It's one spirit. Not many. One Jesus. Your Jesus is not different than my Jesus. Your heavenly father, creator of all of the universe, is not a different father. Don't let these things block your way. Because sometimes people will take the, the, try to take the sawdust out of another person's eyes because only because they are not of that denomination, not that religion. You're wrong, brother. That's your brother in Christ. That's your sister in Christ. Don't let worldly values and worldly things be the reason why you think that somebody has a speck in their eye. Don't. Do you, and, and don't label somebody one person and that the whole person is like that in the church. Oh, that religion is everybody like that. Just like our church now, do you think that all of us are in the same level of our faith here in this church? No. If somebody had just came to Christ and come to the church, do you think they're in the same level as you or even the cow? No. So do you think that person who just came to the Lord, he might still have worldly values? Yes, he will. So does that make the whole church like that? No. You got to understand. Yeah, You have to understand. Don't make religion, don't make um, different denominations, they become enemies of you. There's only one God. That's still your brother and sister in Christ. Let God run the course. Stop playing God and let God be God. 
There is one body and one spirit. And I love the ending of that. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one Baptist, one God, one God, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. He didn't say that, oh, he's in only here and not down the street. He's in all. We go to our next scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul talks about two different levels of your spiritual growth. Paul talks about when he first went to these people, these are the born-again Christians. These are the babes in Christ. These are the people who just came to find God. They are drinking spiritual milk. For I resolved to you to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and he was crucified. You see, Paul knew a lot more than that. He had mysteries already unlocked to him. He didn't tell them any of that. Why? They were not ready for it. They, they could not comprehend it. So Paul realizes this. He only teaches them about salvation. He teaches them how to build their foundation of Christ so that he can develop them to get to the stage of maturity. Because just a few verses after that, we go to 1 Corinthians 2, 6 and 7. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Do you see the two levels? Yeah? The maturity levels? You guys seeing this? We're all there, right? One, as he explains, he only teaches them about Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. He teaches them about salvation. But for other people that are mature, he teaches them a whole different other thing. He says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. So he's not preaching a wisdom among the, the babes? No, he's not. Why? Because they cannot comprehend it yet. They can choke. So in other words, why are you letting those guys that are in that spiritual sense, that are in the not mature level, try to dictate the things that are in the mature level? Or dictate a person that is mature? He cannot realize the sources that they speak in. Where their level in Christ? Are they at the mature level or are they at the beginning levels? The salvation level? The crucifixion levels? You see, because they cannot learn more than that. He says, but he, we speak a message of wisdom among the mature. This is why the babes in Christ still grumbles and the mature seeks peace, the bond of peace. Because they're mature to recognize that. They're not going to get into the argument. I don't want to get into argument about you. About God. No, that's not going to happen. You're mature. You have given the wisdom of God. You have been unlocked spiritual awareness. You've been unlocked your spiritual man to understanding the spiritual things of God. He said, but not the wisdom of this age, of the rulers of this age. Not the guys who think they're smart. Not your professor that is an atheist at college thinking that he can tell you. Can he tell you about God? No. So why are you listening to him about God? He's the one that's going to say, man, you know, there is no God. 
for us who believe we are mature than him. You want to talk about physics, I'll listen. But you want to talk about God, you know nothing of. You're not even saved. You claim to be an atheist. You can't tell a mechanic how to fix a car and you're not a mechanic. You can't tell a carpenter how to build a house and you're not a carpenter. You're out of your league. Understand the levels of your Christian walk, your Christian faith. One who doesn't believe, don't even listen to him about God. Why? Because he does not, not know anything about God. We all here know for a fact, just as the wind blows, that the, the presence of God is present. That God exists. His love is in us. We don't have to explain it to a non-believer. We don't have to justify the invisible that we believe. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, not human beings having spiritual experiences. They are human beings thinking they're having a spiritual experience. This is why they cannot comprehend it. They're the wrong being. They are the wrong being. A worldly man can't teach a godly man about God. Yet they still try to. But us that are spiritual, we can teach a worldly man about worlds. Why? Because we came from them. We've been born again. Our eyes have been opened. We can justify to know the difference and recognize the difference. But we still remain humble and at peace. This is why Jesus says, when somebody slaps you in the face, turn the other cheek. We're not there to fight. We're not there to argue. We're there to teach. We're there to enlighten. This is why you have been given a special gift. The things that you learn. This is why God tells us when you get into a room, what do we do? Light it up. If you light it up, who is going to be attracted? The person seeking the light. Don't give your knowledge to the cockroaches that are scrambling. They don't want the light. Recognize who you're talking to. And recognize who's talking. You are coming to nothing, these rulers of this age. You know we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destines for our glory before time began. God always had a vision and a plan for us to be spiritual beings having human experiences. We were always intended to unlock the mysteries of God. We were always intended to be that spiritual being full of God's grace and power. We were never intended to live this world as a human being, a human man, a worldly man, and fulfill that destiny all the way till you die. It was an opportunity for us to recognize Christ himself. It was an opportunity for us to be drawn to the light when we did not know the light. Everyone sees the light. But only a few choose to swallow the light.
to unlock mysteries, things that are hidden, things that was destined before time began. We go to our last scripture tonight. No, I get back page. Oh, oh, thank you, Carmen. You don't want me to type them, that's why I am. Yep. Yeah, good girl. Right? I was thinking, wait a minute, man, that's some short verses. Plus it says, turn to the back. Oh, and it says that in the back. No, it says it right there. Right oh, it says there. Right. Yeah. You guys are good. See, I just was testing you. No, I don't like to say that again, too. I didn't see that myself. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep good. I'm going to keep good. Okay, we go to the third to the last scripture. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. I, I, I love this ended in a verse. I love it. When you when you are filled with the Spirit and when you start talking about God, this scripture means so much, yeah? It's, it's explaining spiritual realities. Realities. Explaining things that really exist in the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spiritual taught words. This is why, like we say, simple things like born again. And man looks at him. What are you talking about like Nicodemus? Oh, he's so smart. Oh, what are you talking about being born again? Am I supposed to be? I'm an old man. Am I supposed to go in my mama's womb again? And then come out again to be born again? No comprehension. Spiritual taught words. And yet spiritual realities. Powerful. I love that scripture. I always love that scripture. What we have received is not the spirit of this world. What you learn and what you receive, even as tonight, they're not things that are of this world, they're things that are of the Spirit. We have not received, we have received is not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Tonight's message, you have to understand, it's freely given so that you can understand. So that you not be deceived. Because the end times, the Bible says, many will come to deceive us and even the very elect shall be deceived. So tonight's message is something for you to understand. Not only look for the deceiver, but also the one who claims to be the one pointing the finger at everybody who is deceiving. In other words, we will be pointed at in our spiritual journey. This is going to be a change that you're going to recognize in this world today. You're going to recognize it in our community, in our hometown. That people are going to look at you and they're going to say, Oh, I don't understand what you're talking about. You're a false prophet. You're a false teacher. How can you say that God is in the Spirit and we're supposed to worship Him? He is not in the Spirit. He is in heaven. They cannot comprehend the spiritual things. Recognize where they are. This is how you have to understand how you grow. So that you won't be deceived in those last days. For surely we are in the last days. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom. I am not teaching you things 
that I'm going to find in a dictionary that I went to college for 23 years to find and, and, and teach you guys. It was half an hour, 40, no, not half an hour, 40, a couple of hours ago that this, this message was taught. Not in a college. Unless you call the college of the Holy Spirit. Like my friend Joyce Myers. <laughs> spiritual thought words, yeah. Explaining spiritual realities. Spiritual realities. Not spiritual maybes. Spiritual realities. We go to the next scripture that says turn to the back. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. For the message of the cross, understand, to a non-believer, a person that does not know Jesus Christ, everything you can talk about, about Jesus, his salvation, is foolish to them. This is why I say it's how important it is to draw them to the light. The ones that come to the light, they want to know more. It's their spiritual man that you're grabbing. They just never now yet, as Hawaiians say. Never give birth yet. Or like Daisy would say, baby never hanao yet. Still inside the opu. Yeah, still in the stomach. Yeah. They're going to look at it as foolishness. Go come out soon enough. <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> for the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. But those who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross is powerful to God. Again, this is the message of salvation. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligent, and the intelligent I will frustrate. You see, even when we start to find ourselves now that we have found Christ, we don't look at it as the, it's foolish now, the cross. We look at it as powerful. But now we still get another level we got to go to. That next level is understanding the spiritual maturity of God that He wants to teach us. If you're still stuck on the cross, you're not going to see that. And why are you going to find out? You're going to start to recognize and you're going to think that it's foolishness the spiritual things that that person is teaching. Why? Because they still have the intelligence of the world. They're still thinking like a worldly man and not a spiritual man. This is why it frustrates them. So this is why I see that friend that was on Facebook, a man who claims to be of God, which I believe that he might be saved. But there's no fruits that back him up. And I notice out of all of his comments, it's out of frustration. He's trying to claim his own intelligence. You cannot. The things that are of God are spiritual intelligence. Spiritual wisdom. Spiritual knowledge. Spiritual understanding. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligence I will frustrate. Those who think that they know everything, 
that value the things of the world and their worldly intelligence, he's going to frustrate them. He's going to frustrate them. Do we see that even in Jesus' time? Yeah. Do you not think that Nicodemus was frustrated when Jesus said that you must be born again? He's probably thinking, wait a minute, I'm a wise man. What the heck are you talking about? Nobody can be born again. He could not see the two mans in himself. He is being drawn to the light, but he didn't recognize even the spiritual man in him. But I strongly believe that Nicodemus became a follower of Christ. His spiritual man took over. He understood what born again is. I strongly believe that. That he was a man of God, not a man of religion. Well, he was a man of religion, but became a man of God. We go to now, I believe, now can I say it? Yeah. We go to our last scripture this evening. No? Did something on the side? I miss something? Our last scripture this evening is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. of your heart may enlighten may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable incomparably incomparable incomparably incomparably great power for us to believe that the power is the same as the mighty strength as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. I pray that the eyes of your heart, and this is my prayer for you guys tonight. My prayer is for you tonight. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you to. Which he called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realm. You see, we have to recognize the power of God within us to understand the things that are spiritual. We need to have the Spirit of God and the power of God in us before we can correct somebody. It's so easy. That is a worldly thing. You have to understand. A worldly thing is to correct. You know, when I was in the military, there was one person that standed out. And I, I remember this in the Navy. When I wasn't in the Navy, but I remember writing in the USS Summer. And there is this one guy at the smallest level. He was the lowest level. He was called, what is the lowest level guy? Um, Seaman. Seaman. They called him a lot of other things, but I kind of talk about that on the microphone. But the seaman was the lowest level on the, on, on the ground. Yeah. The lowest level of the, the scale. Yeah. But I watched while I was sitting down having my breakfast while I was on the USS Summer. And I looked and everything. And there was an officer that walked by, and he seen a mess on the floor. 
He seen the mess on the floor, and then he went to his uh, another officer that was below him, and he said, "Look, there is a mess on the floor." And that officer then looked for another guy that was below him, and he said, "Look, there is a mess on the floor." And then that guy went to the cook, who's the working the hardest out of everybody. And he said, look, cook, there is a mess on the floor. And then while the cook looked at that, he told one of the guys that was working the chow line, he said, don't you not notice there is a mess on the floor? And then that guy all of a sudden tells one other guy that is a seaman that is walking to the door, poor thing, just wanting to eat breakfast. And this conversation went on for 15 minutes already. There's a mess on the floor. A lot of times in our journey, you have a lot of people that want to tell everybody else there's a mess on the floor. Sometimes these values of the person that's telling you could have taken care of it themselves, but they didn't. They prey on the weak. And this is what happens a lot of times when we try to correct somebody. You think that you're praying on the weak if you don't write yourself. You're just like one of those guys that looked at it. And you know, it wasn't even that bad. You could have just grabbed a cloth and just wiped it up and it would have been done. Poor thing. They make one guy come all the way out of the front of the deck just to go grab him one piece of Kleenex and go wipe it off the ground. When they had five, six guys could have done it themselves. But they trying to justify themselves. This is what your message is tonight. Don't think that you're better than everybody else. If you want to correct somebody, be that seaman. Move yourself down. I don't care if you're spiritual walk, you are the captain of the ship. Go down to the seaman's level to talk to him. But make sure you're right first with God. If you're not right with God first, then, then don't say nothing at all. Let somebody that is filled with the Spirit, that the gifts of the Spirit is overflowing over him, and everybody recognize it, let that person be the one correct. It's important to you recognize all sides of the fence when correction is in place. You recognize maybe is there is there a problem. And if there, you think there is a problem, recognize first, are you the problem? Maybe it's not the guy. And then if you're hearing it from somebody that is correcting another person, examine yourself. Because like we read in the, what, what um, John passed on in the last message, I mean on that verse that he shared, that if, if you call an elder of the church or bring another person first to come over there, if you're that other person, Examine the person that is telling you that the other person is wrong. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? Did that make sense? Quick example. Maka wants to tell me that Daisy has a problem. So Maka wants to tell me and that he, she wants me to go with da over to Daisy to tell Daisy that she's wrong. You see, my duty, listen clearly now what I'm saying. It is my duty to also check Maka. Where is the source coming from? Maka is telling me that she wants to correct Daisy, but I'm going to check Maka too. But before I check Maka, guess what? I'm going to check myself. 
Because if I'm not right with God, I'm going to say, Maka, I'm not the right person. Because I'm, 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 I get some issues going on. Go, go, go see Carmen. Maybe she's doing good. But if I am that right person and I feel good with God, I'm going to look at Maka now. After I check myself, I'm going to say, how is Maka? I've been with her for the last week. She's been really grouchy lately. Very frustrated to the whole week. I said, is what she's saying have any value? You, you see where I'm going at? Also examine, the, and I'm not saying Maka, that's you now. Yeah, okay. Examples only. And I'm not saying Daisy that you have something to say. But I would look at Maka, and if Maka seems to be in the right place, then I'll go with Maka. But I'm only going to Maka now to go see Daisy. But when I see Daisy, guess what I'm going to do again? I'm going to examine myself again. Then, then I'm going to talk to Daisy. I'm not going to already assume that Daisy's wrong just because Maka said it. I'm going to talk to Daisy, see where Daisy's at. I become that neutral person. And if we cannot, us three guys, get it together and find out, resolve this thing, then the Bible says go seek an elder of the church. But you are an elder of the church. Who? You? Yeah, well, I just saying that if I was one of the other guys. Yeah. Then you'll see one of the elders of the church. Bring the church. In other words, then the church representative. Because you know what the church is going to do? The elder? Guess what he's going to do? Because he's mature. He's going to check himself first. You see where I'm falling at? This is what is being taught for you tonight. Examine yourself. See if you're right before you can take the speck out of the other brother's eye. And also examine the person that is trying to take the speck out of the other person's eye before you take the speck out of the person's eye. <laughs> powerful. Powerful message of God. Let us close in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. And I know at times we get ahead of ourselves. The worldly man tries to jump in. And we start to see things. And we think that we know things. And we might not be seeing and knowing anything. Let us examine our life first. To see where we are in everything we do. Before we go to the grocery store, let us examine our life. It says, before I go to do your work, Lord, I want to be right with you. That way we stay in tune with you all the time. That we have our heads anointed with oil all the time. That our cups overflow all the time. Let us constantly look at ourselves. See if we're right and there's wrong things in our life. And if there be, Lord, give us the strength to your spirit to understand and grow and become more mature. Let us keep that bond of peace with us. I pray for the congregation. I pray for your children. I pray for the flock that you had me to care for. Let me be a good shepherd. Let me be a good messenger of your message in all the time. I praise you and I glorify you. Continue to bless the evening as we sing our last few songs, our last song, and we do our last prayer. I pray, Lord, that your spirit just fill our cups and overflow. In Jesus' name, amen.